0: People of the internet, you are listening to Debbie Radio 79.5 FM, a podcast where we discuss the movie, Gross Point Blank, one minute at a time. I'm your co-host Hugh David.
1: And I'm Dev Sodiger. and on today's show we're going to be looking at Minute 6. Joining us on today's show we have Billy Holku, self-professed generic nerd. Welcome Billy.
2: Hey, thank you very much for uh, letting me on the show, it's a real (laughs) honour. Thank you.
0: We're we're it's honor. It's a great honor to have you on, Billy. It really is. Um, so people who uh, don't know you and are still learning who we are. <laughs> um, episode one, Dev and I have explained our backgrounds and how we came to be doing this podcast. But Billy, you and I used to be part of a a, a, gr- a, a pub meet group, effectively, I guess, the, the yeah, I guess Sons so. of Dean Martin, as Giles used to call it. <laughs> um yeah. and we used to, and, and we used to also hang out the same film nights at the duke with duke mitchell duke mitchell yeah duke that's mitchell. Great.
2: yeah awesome times yeah
0: yeah yeah. those guys have really gone on to a lot now because they're part of actual festivals aren't they actual film festivals
2: oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. Uh, i mean everyone's all like traveling the world well, he's
0: he's directing and producing now was... isn't he oh yeah crazy course, yeah, man definitely. those guys have all gone on to a lot so you and i are so we know all these other people and we all start we're all film fans and we all Worked somewhere or another in the film business. You've got an interesting yeah. uh, association with the film business, haven't you? Yeah.
2: Uh, well, yeah. Uh, so I started off uh, learning media and TV just like anybody else in in college. Right. Um, first off, well, initially I wanted to be an artist. You know, doing drawings, etc. Then it's, I led myself into uh, photography by accident, and I just kind of fell in love that way. Um, but yeah, and then as I kind of have my photography, a love of photography, carry on. Mm. I then got into more films and TV, etc. Uh, I then started to decide, well, I'm going to go into media, mm. uh, finish college, all that kind of stuff. And uh, I thought, uh, I'll, I'm going to go to uh, try and get into the film business. Um, so in about 99, I decided to go back to Hong Kong, uh, where I kind of went, uh, you know, initially when I was a child, uh, but I mostly grew up in UK. And yeah, I started working in a uh, film productions there, uh, as a storyboard artist, and uh, sometimes stuntman and sometimes actor, really. Uh, <laughs> for uh, you know, and it was uh, yeah, in- interesting, uh, interesting experiences there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're one of those rare people who's be seen the inside of the Hong Kong film business, um, uh, you know, which is an interesting business in and of itself, and 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 so you know um there's a lot there's a lot you of 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 uh reality i find you bring to film discussions <laughs> about grounding things and saying well actually you know they probably did this and it's not that you know special or or, or you know it's not the dreamland the dream factory we no, think was, of oh definitely
2: um
0: but yeah and and, and you and i both are, were peripherally involved in an extra for arrow's bruce lee box set last year
2: Yes, yeah, that was a lot of fun and that's an absolutely dream come true to be part of some form of Bruce Lee legacy, uh, especially as a uh, lifelong martial artist as well so yeah, it's a good tickety box I, can, I was inspired to I can see it behind you <laughs> over your shoulder <laughs> Yes.
0: No, I do it. Yeah. No. So, Dev, what happened was one of our mutual friends is now works at Arrow Films, and he in restoration and mastering all that stuff. And he had a, a genius idea for a little bit of promotional material. So he asked Billy to choreograph a short film for the martial arts, and he asked me to find him somebody if I knew somebody who could um, be a, a Bruce Lee stand-in, which I happened to know so that all worked out so they ended up shooting a kind of you know Bruce Lee clone style uh, short film to go on to, to be used for promotion and go on the box set as well um, so yeah that's kind of that's... <laughs> yeah that's super cool <laughs> it's just a bit crazy these things keep happening to us now so... so let's get back to Gross Point Blank so Billy first things first how did you come to Gross Point Blank
2: as a film uh, how did I come across it yeah when did you first um... see it Oh, I, you know what? I probably watched it on... I want to say VHS. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure. Um, you know, I lived uh, right opposite a, uh, a video store, rental mm-hmm. store. Uh, and I used to, uh, when I had a, a shop right opposite it, and um, on a, my down times, I used to just go in there all, uh, every day, pretty much, just renting out films just like anybody else, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just thought I pointed that out and thought, oh, just looked a little bit of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so... It's, it's, um, it, I'm always looking for action films, I'm also looking for rom-coms as well. Oddly enough, as a strange combination, I think that's a little bit from my Hong Kong film background, yeah. as well. It's like growing up, a lot of Hong Kong films are a mix of rom-coms and action, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so it kind of fit together, really. Mm-hmm.
0: And also in Hong Kong, you get action directors who direct rom-coms as well. I mean, Johnny Toe, Ringo yes. Lam Lamb, they've both done that,
2: um, yes. Uh, Johnny Toe is 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 a very strange kind of uh, <laughs> a repertoire a CV yeah. etc. but yeah, Johnny Toe especially. Yes, uh,
0: look, isn't isn't the Ringo Lam, Isn't there a Ringo Lam one called Looking for Mister Right? I think, which uh, um, think, I've, I'm um, yeah, it's a, I think sure. it's on one of my shelves yeah. over there. But anyway, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you and I, you are literally one of the few guys I talk to about rom coms. It's kind of sad, really, because I'd like to be able to talk to <laughs> more. I think more guys should watch and appreciate what rom coms do.
2: Yes. Definitely. I mean, I'm I'm walking around. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm quite a kind of big guy. Like, a, I'm a lifelong martial artist, like, tattooed, and all that kind of stuff. And everyone goes, Oh, wow, so you're really interaction films. I, I am. <laughs> I'm also very much into my rom coms. Yes, yeah,
0: absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And and Gross Pine Blank is interesting precisely because it feels like it blends both action and rom coms.
2: Yes, you know. It's- definitely. Oh, yeah, it's, it, I mean, I, I could easily watch a Johnny Toe um actioner um all you know all one of his wrong because, like needing you mm-hmm. uh, and then go straight to gross point blank and it will just flow
0: it does as a part of the night it does and and while um the minutes we're talking about don't focus particularly on action um at some point i think we'll need to talk to you about the hong kong influence on the film because there's a clear hong kong influence on the film Oh Yes, very much so. Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah, yes. right. Especially so, you, uh... coming back to the minute, then, uh, Dev, we're on minute six, and this is following on from the last episode where we were talking with Neil McKay of the Man with the Music Minute Vodcast about uh Dan Aykroyd's character, Grosser, and his conversation with Martin Q Blank, John ex character.
1: Yes, and and it's the same conversation throughout this entire minute as the last minute. it uh, sees Grosser kind of increasingly desperate in his efforts to uh, kind of capture Martin Blank as part of his newborn union uh, members club, uh, whatever you want to call it. Um, and uh, I think also, you know, shows uh, more and more of that slightly unhinged nature of Grosser as we progress through this minute, mm-hmm. getting up to to the point of uh, this uh, bing, 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 bang! Popcorn piece, which I still—I'm not entirely sure I get what he's alluding to there. Whether it's uh, another reference to the Boudreaux debacle in Oregon, or if it's uh, some other reference that I've just never quite connected. Well, up. Uh,
0: so so this is something interesting. The last episode, Billy, what we were discussing with our our guest at the time was this idea that. Um, this entire conversation between these two guys who are both clearly ex-military, both ex- both killers, both assassins, seems to be full of stuff that is either jargon-based or yeah. based on real-world stuff, but real-world stuff that may not be common knowledge to the American movie-going audience, right? There's a reference to the Stasi, which is the East German Secret Service, um, they talk about things that they're going at the arms dealing in Burma. There's a reference to tanks mm-hmm. that unless you are no oh, if yeah. you're not a tank nerd, you don't know that T thirty fours are a Russian tank model, um right, okay. you know, classical model, etc. etc. Um, and so forth and so on. And so we were discussing whether or not you know, what's the point of having dialogue that the audience doesn't understand. Mm. But what yeah. did what was your experience of this conversation? Were you like, well, I know some bits and I don't know others. Or, or, or what did you get from the conversation between Dan Aykroyd's Grocer and Martin Hugh Blank? Uh,
2: well, I kind of saw that like a Dan Aykroyd's character also like, as just um, what I was saying he is this uh, increasingly unhinged kind of character mm-hmm. coming towards it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's uh, but as we were saying, like that with regards to whole bing bing, bang bang popcorn. It could be just that. It, it's just one of those weird catchphrases that he just tends to have. Um, he's such a quotable character, mm. especially like nearer to the end as well. Mm. You know, workers of the world unite, mm. you know, as he's like banging away. And so it's just the way, I, I, I think it's just the way he is, like character wise. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, it, it did. When when I first watched it, I was lost on reg- in regards to what models of, what you were saying, the tank. Mm. Um, I've actually just learned, just now, for me, it's actually... <laughs> like you know, 20 odd years later, I was like, Yeah, yeah, what's your he Hey, about? I wouldn't have um... known until two years ago, so <laughs> <laughs> <There you go. laughs> yeah. but it's uh, but it's a whole setup of their uh, relationship and a dynamic, you know. It's like Grocer wanting Blank to come in with him, mm. and Blank is just flat out refusing, goes, Oh, yeah, because we used to work together. Oh, remember that mm. guy from Burma, you were a colonel at the army, so you're so you know, Grosser's is. is uh, giving us a background of who he is, mm. you know, of, of what sort of who Blank is mm. um, and why he's so good at his job or who potentially, you know, just feeding us that, that information. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of learning, well, you know, it's, it's a building block, a starting of a building block, as to learn as to who he is later
0: on yeah i mean the 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 the, the popcorn thing is the clearest example of foreshadowing but whatever it is the two martin knows this is something gross because when gross goes with his hands and his mouth (laughs) he doesn't say the catchphrase it's martin who says the catchphrase to him And you're kind of like okay so whatever this is between them they know it's something they Mm. know they have between them and it'll mm. come back at the very end of the film, beautifully. Mm. Um, it's a, and, and I sometimes wonder if that was literally the entire point of it was just to set up the end, rather than actually having any yeah. real kind of purpose at this point. Um, and in fact, I mean, because every time I remember the film, I remember the end. I never, I always forget that they set it up at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. So you know, mm-hmm. um, the other thing I, I like about it is uh, about this minute as well is the way they leave it the way the conversation ends you know um you know they're trying to make it casual and cool and calm and except they both seem very but they're both full of emotion right they're quite you know Gross is carrying a lot of emotion he's he's kind of the bit where he's like hey yeah yeah no it's good nice to see you again you're looking good you know and you're like what (laughs) you two are like holding your guns there like what what is this man um and then Martin's like, "Yeah, drive safe." And the first thing Grocer does is drive really unsafely. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> just, speed, just speeds off in that weird Fury car. Yeah, of things, yeah, the way he reverses speed. it as well. Yeah. And you just like,
0: well, literally like the way Aquid used to drive in the Blues Brothers, isn't it? Um, yeah. But it is yeah. kind of
1: it's, it's such oh. an odd sequence. But it is it is very much framing the the end of the movie and it's setting yeah. up the the dynamic between these two quite effectively even if you don't follow the language it's very much dan Aykroyd positing that he's kind of the bigger man he's the the father figure right as, mm. as is literally called on in this right mm. um and then the rest of the movie you see dan Aykroyd almost kind of like babysitting sitting on like watching from a distance mm. this you know Kid, I guess, as he thinks of him, that yeah, he always says he... "cousin kid." Hey, kid. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it it kind of has those harmonics of like father and teenage son mm-hmm. in in a lot of it. And then, of course, there's almost this entire conversation is reproduced at the end of the film mm. as there as as Dan Aykroyd falls back once again into trying to recruit Martin. Mm trying to get them to both go upstairs and cap daddy. Like mm. it's, yeah. it's, it, it is, this scene is just, I think in almost in its entirety setting up for the end of the movie. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think the other aspect of that, that I, I think is quite uh, enjoyable um, is when just before he gets in the car, Grosser turns to him and says, Hey, yeah, you know, you're heading to the Midwest and you're like, does he know? Like, does he know? Like, is he part of what's setting up Martin? Like, because we already so so in the earlier so last couple of episodes we've been discussing the hit the first hit, and whether or not some you know who was hired first to do what, Mm. right? And 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 you know you know the the film Billy so you know that there's you know there's a guy, there's a messenger who gets shot by Martin, which distract, which gets the guard, the bodyguards of whoever it is to shoot the messenger yeah. guy but then a Grocer comes out from behind, kills everybody Yeah. and we were trying to work out who hired who, like did somebody hire Grocer to do the hit, somebody else mm. hire Martin to stop the hit, at which point Grocer hires the messenger mm. guy to distract Martin
2: mm.
0: Or is it some other, you know, like
2: uh, I, I kind of have the theory of that um, all 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 the kind of hitmen have not uh, have an idea of who's doing what. Okay, you know, just like this. Um, so I have I have a feeling that it's somebody has hired blank to do the job, but Grocer has has heard heard about the job and thinking, oh, I could use this as an opportunity to possibly. You know, um, hire blank into this. Uh, so, so, th- so he, so so Yeah. So he comes in. So so he comes in. He kills. Yeah. He kills a guy. He botches blank's job, and then say, "Hey, you know what? Things things like this will uh, completely be avoidable if you come and join my union."
0: So it's that classic thing of, uh, "I just screwed up your hit for you."
2: <laughs> Pretty much. <yeah. laughs> so join me.
0: <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. would makes that makes complete sense as well. I love that. I, okay. uh, that would also explain why he's waiting behind them watch, to watch what happens, mm. and he only steps in once he's like, "Yeah, okay, Martin's job is done." Because yeah. I also keep if, what I was being what I've been wondering as we research this podcast is I keep wondering if Martin gets paid or not for that job because oh, yeah. he does okay. the job, and you can hear at one point mm. I think he's arguing with Marcella about about that because I think she's having to p- deal with the client and I think he's saying no I yeah. did the job there's more bodies yeah. but the client never specified how many bodies so just leave it all right and and yeah, yeah.
1: I I was uncertain about that for the longest time as well, and I think he does get paid for that initial job. It's the mm. next job yes. that he doesn't get paid for and has to do the make good on. Yes, uh, because yes. the next job is the one that goes wrong and he has no out. Yes, really. Yes, yeah.
0: agreed. Agreed. This one he's yeah. got. It's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a heart attack. Yeah, it's such a great line. <laughs> yeah. We'll come to that. Most intense. Yeah. In yeah, yeah. I mean, we're but but yeah, but before we get there, there's also. The other thing in this minute I like uh, as we move it from this minute into minute seven is his conversation with Marcella, played by Joan Cusack, because again they use the location, interestingly, I was saying last week about how they frame this conversation of these two guys away from the city and the city's in the background. This is a perfect widescreen composition with L.A. in the background like recognizably L.A., the car gleaming and then Martin sitting there Um, and it's it's, it could come from any number of films but it's so uh, but at the same time it's perfectly modern because he's, he's 97 and he's got a cell phone which is not yep. that common at the time and then he's also got a fax in his car was <laughs> like a fax machine in the car who the hell has a fax machine in the car but he has a fax <laughs> machine in the car and it prints in colour like dude who is this guy Hello. yeah right and i was just like wait a minute this is 97 how high tech is this guy but it's all part of the cool yeah. it's all part of the cool he's yeah. la chic he's business chic he's he's you know
1: it's just really yeah we should yeah we should explore that more in the next i minute think so as well, I think. no no exactly i just want to yeah. introduce it
0: now because we see it that shot yeah. and then it moves it rolls into the next the next minute at that point because we're going to be talking more about the arguments from the seller i think yes okay cool that that was it that was minute uh six or six five losing track six
1: this was minute six of minute the six. gross point blank podcast debbie radio 79.5 fm featuring your hosts co-writers and co-producers dev sodiger and hugh david
0: today's guest was billy Holku, self-professed generic nerd you can find him on instagram where billy can they find you
2: Uh, at Dimsum Discussions Instagram, where it's a lot of food (laughs)
0: pics. Yeah, those are good food pics, man. Uh, And you can find us at All Good Podcast Players as well as on YouTube, X and Spotify at Debbie Radio D-E-B-I Radio as well as on our website, DebbieRadio.com and for all of those, once again, it's D-E-B-I Radio. Sure was clear that
1: all of this was new Concentrating hot Like a little girl Smoking for the first time
2: It wasn't a moment